Once the Blessed One was dwelling in Rajagriha at Vulture Peak Mountain, together with a great gathering of the Sangha of monks and a great gathering of the Sangha of Bodhisattvas, at that time the Blessed One entered the Samadhi that expresses the Dharma called Profound Illumination, and at the same time Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, while practicing the Profound Prajnaparamita, saw in this way. He saw the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Then, through the power of the Buddha, Venerable Shariputra said to Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, How should a son or daughter of noble family train who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita? Addressed in this way, Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, said to Venerable Shariputra, O Shariputra, son or daughter of noble family who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita, should see in this way, seeing the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Form is emptiness, emptiness also is form, emptiness is no other than form, form is no other than emptiness. In the same way, feeling, perception, formation, and consciousness are emptiness. Thus, Shariputra, all dharmas are emptiness. There are no characteristics. There is no birth and no cessation. There is no impurity and no purity. There is no decrease and no increase. Therefore, Shariputra, there is no form, no feeling, no perception, no formation, no consciousness, no eye, no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no appearance, no sound, no smell, no taste, no touch, no dharmas, no eye, datu, up to no mind, datu, no datu of dharmas, no mind, consciousness, datu, no ignorance, no end of ignorance, up to no old age and death, no end of old age and death, no suffering, no origin of suffering, no cessation of suffering, no path, no wisdom, no attainment, and no non-attainment. Therefore, Shariputra, since the Bodhisattvas have no attainment, they abide by means of Prajnaparamita. Since there is no obscuration of mind, there is no fear. They transcend falsity and attain complete nirvana. All the Buddhas of the three times by means of Prajnaparamita fully awaken to unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. Therefore, the great mantra of Prajnaparamita, mantra of great insight, the unsurpassed mantra, the unequaled mantra, the mantra that calms all suffering should be known as true since there is no deception. Prajnaparamita mantra is said in this way, Teyata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhisattva. Thus, Shariputra, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, should train in the profound Prajnaparamita. Then the Blessed One arose from that Samadhi and praised Noble Avokateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, saying, Good, good, O son of noble family, thus it is, O son of noble family, thus it is. One should practice the profound Prajnaparamita just as you have taught, and all the Tathagatas will rejoice. When the Blessed One had said this, Venerable Shariputra and Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, that whole assembly in the world with its gods, the Sauras and Gandharvas, rejoiced and praised the words of the Blessed One. Oh, 
So once again, we will uh, go to the beginning of the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment by Lama Tsongkhapa. And this text is actually a commentary on Atisha's lamp for the path to enlightenment. If one were to ask what the contents of the lamp for the path to enlightenment uh, um, are, the answer would be that it, it summarizes all of the teachings or all of the pronouncements that Lord Buddha gave the teachings of the Sutra, the teachings of Tantra, the teachings of the Hinayana or Lesser Vehicle, and teachings of Mahayana. All of these teachings can be found, summarized, in Atisha's Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment, that this text is a commentary on. And then if we were to uh, summarize uh, the meaning of the lamp for the path to enlightenment in another way we would say that it would be the three types of teachings the teachings shared in common with beings of small capacity the teachings shared in common with beings of medium capacity and then the teachings for beings of great capacity so uh, the lamp for the path to enlightenment can be summarized in this way as well <laughs> So this shows the different pathways which lead to uh, various results. And in Atisha's Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment, it states that understand there are three kinds of persons because of their small, middle, and supreme capacity. I shall write clearly distinguishing their individual characteristics. So this is referring to the pathways which lead beings to the higher realms, the pathways which lead beings to liberation or nirvana, and those pathways which lead to Buddhahood. So this is a, uh, the summary of the paths contained within the lamp for the path to enlightenment relative to the three types of individuals. What this so the mind is the really the chief that is uh, engaging in this practice. And the mind itself, uh, that all sentient beings possess, has this potential, has uh, these abilities to engage in these paths, because the mind 
is defined in the following way, that which is in the nature of clear light and unstained. So it can be cleaned in the same way that a cloth can be washed and stains can be removed from it. So it's for that reason that we state the mind has the ability to engage in the pathways which lead beings to the higher realms. The mind has, to, has the ability to engage in pathways which lead beings to nirvana or a, a individual liberation. And the mind has the ability to engage in the pathways which lead to uh, Buddhahood or the Buddha ground. So uh, the mind has this potential um, because of its nature and because of uh, uh, how it is defined. So then if we uh, look at those uh, um, pathways which lead to Buddhahood, then we would state that those pathways fall categorically under the great vehicle teachings or the Mahayana teachings. Uh, so under the heading of Mahayana, or Great Vehicle, we find two categories. We find the teachings, uh, um, uh, um, we find the two categories. We find uh, um, let me just see uh, the teachings relative to the perfection vehicle, and then those teachings for the uh, um, tantric vehicle. Um, so there are two different categories of teachings found within the Great Vehicle. Uh, so this is uh, why uh, Lama Tsongkhapa um, shows the stages of the path uh, for beings of three capacities. Okay, so in the Nyingma tradition, we find the nine stages the, the, of the great, uh, nine stages of the vehicle, or the nine <coughs> stages of the, uh, yes, nine stages, Tepa Langu, the nine uh, uh, stages of the path, uh, um, yeah, nine stages of the path of the vehicle would be the literal translation. So in the Nyingma tradition, we find uh, this teaching on stages of the path. Uh -huh. So Buddha Shakyamuni uh, taught uh, three specific vehicles. Uh, Buddha taught the vehicle of the hearer, uh, the vehicle of the solitary realizer, and then the vehicle of the bodhisattva, um, or, and, and that would be the great vehicle, the bodhisattva yana. Um, so these three vehicles were taught by Buddha Shakyamuni, and if we look at the two, first two, the hearer vehicle and the solitary realizer vehicle, these vehicles fall categorically under the teachings shared in common with beings of medium capacity and would fall categorically under the lesser vehicle. And then the next uh, um, um, level of teachings, uh, the teachings for the bodhisattva, would be those teachings uh, for beings of great capacity and would fall categorically under the great vehicle or the Mahayana. Um, so th these are the three vehicles that Buddha uh, pronounced 
uh, or taught, two of which would fall under the medium scope or, and, and also in common with lesser vehicle, and then the one, the great capacity, falling under the Mahayana or great vehicle. What does all the Okay, and in and in the Nyingma tradition it's stated that the uh, three if we look at the tantric vehicle, um, we um, have the uh, lower tantras and then the highest tantra. Um, so if we look at uh, the first three, uh, the lower, we would be referring to the, um, um, uh, the action tantra, the performance tantra, and yogic tantra. And these three tantras um, um, are, um, fall, are concordant with three um, enjoyment bodies that are produced, or three different enjoyment bodies or sambhokayas that are produced. Mm-hmm. So in the um, Galupa tradition, we find an explanation similar uh, uh, in the action tantra, performance tantra, and then uh, yogic tantra. The names uh, may be a little bit different, but it's the, the essence is the same. The, the, the words used or the names used might be slightly different, but the essence or meaning is the same. which is the highest yoga tantra tradition, uh, we find the three sets of tantras within the highest yoga tantra, the father tantra, the mother tantra, and then the, the union uh, um, tantra. I'm sorry, my vocabulary relative to tantra isn't completely accomplished, um, so I haven't studied in, in that category as much as the per- perfection vehicle. So we have father tantra, mother tantra, and then the union tantra, which is a father and a union of the mother and the father tantra. So in the, the Nyingma Dzogchen tradition, uh, the highest yoga the tantra um, falls under these three categories. Uh, uh, um, in the Sanskrit, uh, the, uh, the Sanjake, uh, Ana, Mayoga, Ana Yoga, Ata Zoba Chembo. So these are the three categories uh, in Sanskrit, but it's the father, mother, and union. Okay. 
Tanyama bazı vatı da bir yazarı. Hacı, macı. Niye gidiyorsun? Niye gidiyorsun? Mayoga, anayoga, atayoga. Topaçın su vatı son değil mi? Bine de Gulupa. Gulupa bazı sandı var. Macı kurudun var. Tanyama gidiyor. Niye gidiyor? Okey, değilsin. So in the um, Nyingma Dzogchen tradition, we find these three, the, the Father Tantra, the Mother Tantra, and the Union uh, Tantra. In the Galupa tradition, we find uh, the Father and the Mother Tantra. In the Father Tantra, we find Guya Samaja. And in the um, uh, Mother Tantra, we find Chakra Sambhava. And then it's stated that this union we find in the Nyingma tradition actually abides within both of those Uh, so there isn't a third category because there's just father and mother tantra and this union abides within both of those tantric sets. So the father tantra referring to Guya Samaja and mother tantra referring to Chakra Sambhava. So in the uh, Kaju tradition we find the Mahamudra tradition and we find uh, very uh, little differences with this in the Galupa Um, um, assertions or tradition, so we don't find anything within any and within these traditions that is mutually exclusive or contradictory. So the mind has the ability to engage in the pathways which lead beings to the higher realms. The mind has the ability to engage in pathways which lead beings to nirvana or individual liberation. And then the mind has the ability to engage in pathways which leads to Buddhahood, which lead to Buddhahood. And if one wishes to quickly achieve the state of Buddhahood, then the tantric path is called the swift path or the swift, swift vehicle. So, so the um, uh, Penchen Lozan Chuji Jeltsin, who was the teacher of the fifth Dalai Lama and the Penchen Lama, uh, who wrote the Guru Puja, um, stated that all yogas uh, are uh, the Long Yanja Suralang? So the Sakya. Uh, okay, the Dunda. So he st uh, state the meaning of what he, he, the, he states is that if we look at the Nyingma tradition, the Kaju tradition, the Sakya tradition, and the Galupa tradition, and one is a scholar in, in these traditions, one in every, a, a scholar of every one of these traditions will concur that all of the traditions are the same, that there are no differences relative to the absolute meaning of what's being taught within these traditions. So we find this quote from the, uh, for the uh, Penchen Lama, uh, Penchen Lobzong, Chuji Jeltsin. Oh, 
So then the, the going back to the text um, itself, uh, and just real quick, the quote states that all uh, great scholars realize that all uh, yogas are the same. Uh, so that all yogas are the same. That's v v close to the quote from the pension, Lozan Chuji Jeltsin. So the, sec the great treatise on the stages of the path to enlightenment begins with the Hamid section, which we've gone through, and then there are the pre preliminary instructions, which first then begin with the, the two different ancient traditions that Lama Tsongkhapa asserts uh, relative to explaining uh, teachings, the Vikramalashila tradition and the Nalanda tradition, uh, the Vikramalashila tradition going by way of the three greatnesses, and Lama Tsongkhapa states that he's going to follow the Vikramalashila tradition, uh, starting with the greatness of the author, and then the greatness of the teaching, and then the great way to listen to and explain the teachings. So uh, that's where we uh, begin um, in the preliminary instructions section, uh, dealing with uh, uh, um, Atisha's uh, li life story. The Tibetan were on page 21, and uh, we were, we're going to where we left off from last time. And I believe that in the English, we're on page 57, developing reverence for the teaching and the instructor. I just have to make sure that when we begin, that's where we are exactly. But in the, because uh, the Tibetan begins over on page 56, actually. Um, but it just depends on, I believe we're starting at the second, developing reverence for the teaching and the instructor. So I believe it's uh, at the third section on page 58, how you actually listen, and there are two parts, abandoning the three faults of a vessel, and then the second, that relying on the six ideas, the Gunga Mepichi, the Trunka, the June Mm-hmm. So now we, um, in this section, first begin with the three faults of a vessel, or the three faults of, sometimes it's called a pot. 
Um, and uh, the three are as follows. Uh, being like an overturned pot, uh, being like a pot with a hole or a leaky pot, um, and then the third type of pot um, is uh, being like a, a sullied or dirty, contaminated uh, pot. Um, and this, uh, these three um, examples are given uh, to show the three faults uh, that a student should refrain from uh, when attending a teaching or when uh, listening to an instruction. So the uh, overturned vessel or pot is compared to just not listening at all. Um, because if one isn't listening at all, then the information can't go inside and one can't actually learn. So that type of student is compared to an overturned pot, and that's the first fault. Second fault is uh, like a leaky pot or a pot with a hole in it. Uh, even if one listens, if one forgets the information that has been being taught or, or doesn't uh, um, concentrate, it doesn't um, 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 try to um, um, not memorize but uh, comprehend or hold on to, literally hold on to the information that's being taught, um, uh, then if it's forgotten, then it's not of, of help or aid either. So this is... Uh, forgetting the teachings compared to a leaky pot uh, or a pot with a hole in it. And the, the last is the sullied or contaminated pot. And this is someone who, even if one has listened uh, and not forgotten the teaching, uh, who has bad motivation or has a negative motivation uh, for attendance, some, some sort of attachment, hatred, or wrong view. Um, if uh, one has these things, even if the teaching is heard and, and retained, um, then it will be sullied by these negativities. Uh, just as uh, if one has a, a, a bowl um, that has some sort of filth or contamination in it, if one puts food into it and then eats it, the food is contaminated or poisoned. Um, so these are the, the three faults of, of, of a vessel or of a pot and uh, how these examples relate to uh, the three um, uh, ways one could listen to a teachings and the, and the and, and specifically faulty ways. Listen well. Listen so it says, listen, listen well, and hold. Buddha stated, uh, um, uh, and as an antidote to these, the opposite, um, and it, it was summarized in a, a statement that Buddha made where. Um, I wish I had the exact, but it's listen, listen well, and hold it in your mind. So listening is referring to listening to the teaching itself. Oh, is it right there? Where is it? Bottom. Listen well, thoroughly, and hold it in mind. Uh, so um, 
right there, so listen well is referring to the motivation. Thoroughly, the tambo, the tambo, kapopa, jima. Lebanyo, jima. Jima, okay. Then nipa, the rapijun, the kapopa. Okay. Then yukum, tamba. Okay, so the these three listen well, thoroughly, and hold it in mind. Listen well is referring to the motivation that one has. Um, thoroughly is referring to um, uh, the uh, uh, listening. So listening well is referring to the motivation and being free from afflictions. Thoroughly is paying attention or actually listening. And hold it in mind is not forgetting or not being uh, um, like the leaky pot. So the first is like the set contaminated pot. The second is like the uh, um, uh, overturned pot. And the third is the... Uh, 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 leaky pot. Uh, so uh, these are the three antidotes. Uh, listen well, thoroughly, and hold it uh, in mind. Um, I've seen it translated also, listen listen well, and hold it in mind. Um, uh, and then explained, and listening first, and then listening well, and then holding it in mind, um, in the order that, of the overturned, um, 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 sullied, and then the hole in the bottom. What ザネロアオテジンドチュチビチェデデドシンジャンナワレバムドバナスナワレバムドバナアネデドシンジャンロバゾンコノチュンチャバコノチュンチャバラソバナチュンタダメジャンニエビピソゾンユチダトナテンバ
or two, though paying attention, misunderstood what is heard or listened with a bad motivation such as, such as attachment. Or three, though lacking these faults, do not solidify the words and meanings taken in the t at the time of hearing, but let them fade due to forgetting them and so forth. Therefore, free yourself from all these faults. The remedies for these three faults are indicated in sutras in three phrases. Listen well, thoroughly, and hold it in mind. Moreover, and then there's a, a, a footnote, and it says that there are multiple sutras where there's this a similar quote uh, to this, um, where Buddha sets the motivation <coughs> for the sutra. And then it says, moreover, as the Bodhisattva level set forth, um, uh, that's the Bodhisattva's Bhumis by Arya Sangha, listen while wanting to understand everything, staying one-pointed, attentive, with your mind focused, and uh, reflecting with complete composure. So these are the three uh, faults. So we find uh, this quote from the Bodhisattva Bhumis or Bodhisattva Levels by Arya Sangha, uh, but the main source of this information comes from Lord Buddha in the sutras where he states, uh, listen well thoroughly and hold it in one's mind, and hold it in your in mind. So, uh, the next is relying on the six ideas and uh, looking at the word ideas in Tibetan. Ideas are referring to uh, if something that can come to mind. Uh, for instance, uh, I am Jeff. Uh, that is a form. Uh, this, this is you. Uh, that is the color white. Uh, that is the color red. These are all ideas. Um, so if we uh, then look at it relative to Dharma, then these are six ideas or ways that one should think. Uh, so six uh, um, ways, uh, I'm trying to think how to literally translate this. Uh, um, six ways of, uh, um, uh, everyone knows what an idea is, obviously. Um, but, and that's literally, that's a good translation of what it means. Um, so it's just a, an idea, something that can come to mind. Uh, a way of thinking about something specifically uh, and apprehending it. So there, these are six ideas that are w things that should come to mind uh, relative to Dharma and ways that one should think or ways of thinking. Uh, it could be ideas could be translated as ways of thinking almost or uh, um, I, ways of thinking and identifying. Uh, so that's what an idea is um, if we look at that word in the Tibetan. So 
So in the um, mind and awareness teachings, I've, I've forgotten the five uh, translations of these, but we find that the, each of the six um, consciousnesses, there are six uh, divisions of consciousness. There's the eye consciousness, the nose consciousness, the tongue consciousness, the taste, uh, eye consciousness, nose consciousness, ear consciousness, tongue consciousness, tactile consciousness, and mental consciousness. And among those uh, five types of, uh, uh, six types of consciousness, there are five accompanying factors, uh, feeling, um, discrimination, intention, uh, um, uh, mental engagement, and there's, I'm forgetting something, no, awareness or knowing. Um, um, so anyway, all of the six consciousness have these accompanying uh, factors. Uh, so for instance, the eye consciousness that apprehends the form uh, um, has all of these five. The, the nose consciousness that apprehends uh, smells um, has all of these five. And I apologize that I don't have all five exact, but the first is feeling, and then the second is uh, discrimination, uh, and third is intention, uh, sempa, and then the, the, the fourth and the fifth I just would like to look up um, before I, and then anyone can. It's in uh, Mind in Tibetan Buddhism. Uh, you can find all of these divisions of mind and awareness. <laughs> So the mental Okay, so the mental consciousness itself also possess these five um, 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 factors of feeling, um, uh, uh, feeling uh, discrimination, intention, uh, and engagement, or object engagement, uh, etc. So the mental awareness has these five. Uh, this isn't uh, um, um, 
something of the physical sense powers. This is something rel uh, specific to consciousness. What that Terry is one of what Terry was awarded, she will in the men of other Nazun or to see a decimal. Terry was to get Nazun, Luna Jevagina. What does she is on a Terry but had to So if we can study uh, this and then we can look at uh, um, science, it could be of benefit um, to put these two traditions together of scientific analysis and then this uh, study of, of mind and, uh, and awareness. In the Jain tradition, in the Hindu tradition, the Buddhist tradition, we find these uh, assertions as well. Uh, so they assert many different um, uh, um, stages relative to the single-pointed concentration and the stages of single-pointed concentration within these other traditions. Uh, again, speaking of Hinduism, etc. So within these other traditions. So this discrimination that we make when, for instance, we're sick, that allows us to say that I am sick, I, and I am sick because I have the suffering of suffering and the suffering of change and pervasive compounded suffering. Um, so the um, um, awareness of this, that can rec a recognition of this, um, comes from these accompanying factors uh, or discriminating factors um, um, within the, the con mental consciousness. Within the, the yes, mental consciousness. <laughs> So if we wish to be free from or abandon the suffering of suffering, the suffering of the change, the pervasive compounded suffering, then it's necessary to abandon the origin of these occurrences or experiences. And the origin of these experiences uh, are its causal factors. So it's necessary to get rid of origin in order to get rid of the unwanted results. So the uh, first thing we think about then now, the first idea that we have uh, in, in the set of six, six ideas is that we are like a sick person. So um, here it says... Uh, um, this is the first idea, thinking of yourself as a sick person. Uh, so this is on page uh, 58 um, in the English text. 
So the first is think of yourself as a sick person. The second is think of the instructor as a doctor. And this is referring to the idea uh, that the Buddha is like a doctor and that the Dharma is like medicine and the Sangha is like a helpful uh, aid or a nurse. Um, so this is what is meant by the second idea that one should have, or way of thinking, thinking of the instructor as a doctor. So the reason that we think of the instructor as a doctor is we think of Buddha and we know that the Buddha gives them uh, um, uh, medicine that uh, can free one from various types of suffering. One free can be free from the suffering of change, from the pervasive compounded suffering, from the suffering of suffering, from the suffering of birth, aging, sickness, and death. So the Buddha is able to prescribe uh, us um, practice, which here we're using the, uh, the example of medicine, uh, to us that will free us from these burdens or from these various states of suffering. So this is why we look at the instructor as a doctor. Okay, so within the sixth, the third is thinking of the instructor's explications as medicine. So um, one's looking at him or herself as a sick person and then the instructor as a doctor, then recognizing that there is being a, a, prescri a, uh, a prescription is being given. So one is, uh, the instructor is prescribing a medicine or giving medicine that uh, will allow one to be freed from the various types of suffering, uh, the three, the suffering of birth, aging, sickness, and death, suffering of suffering, change, and pervasive compounded suffering. So one looks at uh, as if he or she has cancer or tuberculosis, um, and if one had those diseases, it'd be necessary to take medicine, and that medicine could then free him or her from that, those diseases. So likewise, uh, the Buddha's or instructor's medicine can free one from these various types of suffering. So this is the third among the six. <laughs> Mm -hmm. 
the next is think of earnest practice as the way to cure your disease. So uh, in the same way that if you go to a doctor and there's a prescription given, you have to actually take the medicine, um, one has to practice the instructions that have been given by the Buddha in order to cure the diseases of the suffering of suffering, the suffering of change, the pervasive compounded suffering, the suffering of birth, aging, sickness, and death. So one has to actually engage in these practices or take the medicine that is being prescribed by the Buddha in order to be free from those uh, illnesses. <laughs> The the Dacha Domba, So the next is, the fifth is to think of the Tathagatas as excellent beings, to, te to think of the ones who have gone, thus gone as excellent beings, and to recognize that among the, the best beings uh, that there are, the, the Tathagata is the highest being. And if we look at the highest dharma or the best dharma, we would say it is the ultimate truth. Uh, ultimate truth is the highest dharma. So the highest being is the Tathagata. The highest dharma is the ultimate truth. Um, so it's this stated as this. So this is... Uh, to uh, think of the Tathagata as the most excellent. It says, as excellent beings, um, uh, but, and, and it's recognizing the Tathagata as the most excellent being, or the highest or most excellent being. So this is number five. <laughs> So the sixth idea um, one should have is to wish that the teaching will endure for a long time. So this idea that for many, many eons, the teaching will abide within the system. Uh, so that's the um, uh, next, the sixth way of thinking. Uh, so the uh, thinking of yourself as a sick person, thinking of the instructor as a doctor, thinking of the instructor's explications as medicine, thinking of earnest practice as the way to cure the disease, thinking of the Tathagatas as excellent beings or the most excellent beings and wish that and wishing that the teaching will endure for a long time. Those are the six. <laughs> So these ideas are uh, come from the mental consciousness. There's where these ideas are derived from. So if we uh, look at other religious traditions outside of our own, look at, for instance, Christianity, then we would probably find uh, similarities here, uh, here, and these six ideas might be found in a similar way in those tradi other traditions. Uh, 
So it's very similar in anything. Uh, it's necessary to listen well, thoroughly, and hold it in mind. If we were looking at even uh, companies and the worldly things that get done, it's necessary for those participating in those activities to uh, uh, follow by these guidelines to be successful as well. Um, uh, to be able to, to properly carry out their jobs in, in these companies and so forth. The Lapter Lapsan? So it's similar if someone, for instance, is in doctor school and there's a teacher who's teaching, then they need to listen, uh, actually pay attention and listen, and then hold it in their, their mind and not forget and, and listen with the right motivation or listen properly. So we find that. Uh, this, these three things can be applied to any kind of uh, learning that one wishes to engage in. So now we're going to slowly um, go uh, back to the first one and look at the text itself, uh, um, uh, beginning with, uh, uh, again, page 58, right at the bottom, it says, thinking of yourself as a sick person. Mm-hmm. Sukawa, Tame Nebala, Yang 
Okay, so now on the top of 59, it says, Since you must follow a doctor's advice, even when stricken by ordinary illness, what need is there to mention those who are constantly stricken with the illness of so many faults, attachment, and the like? As Shanti Deva says, you have been sick for a long time with the illness of the affliction such as attachment, an illness that is long-lasting, intractable, and causes strong suffering. Therefore, you must recognize this to be your situation. Kamapa said that if we are not, in fact, sick, then meditating on our sick condition would be misguided. However, stricken with the virulent and chronic disease of the three mental poisons, attachment, hostility, and ignorance, we are extremely sick, but we are completely unaware that we are ill. Um, so... Going back to the top, it says, since you must follow a doctor's advice even when stricken with an ordinary illness. So here, if one has cancer, tuberculosis, any kind of ordinary illness, it's necessary to go to a doctor and seek advice, uh, seek diagnosis, prescription, etc. Um, so uh, likewise, because we're stricken with the various types of illnesses of suffering, we have to uh, go to a teacher who is like a doctor that can uh, show, teach us or prescribe for us the, the medicine which becomes the, our practice that will allow us to be freed from various types of suffering. It says, what need is there to mention those who are constantly stricken with the illness of so many faults, attachment and the like? We have the illnesses of the various types of uh, truth of suffering and then the truth of origin of suffering. And the suffering can be uh, divided into many categories. The suffering of eight, the suffering of six, the suffering of three. Um, so the teacher is like a, do a doctor that can prescribe an antidote or an op opponent uh, to these various types of suffering. So even though it doesn't seem like we're a sick person, we are sick with the illness of, uh, of attachment. We are sick with the illness of hatred. We are sick with the illness of um, ignorance. So we have all of these illnesses uh, at this very moment, and that's why it's necessary for us to seek a, a teacher who can prescribe for us an antidote because these illnesses, these poisons, have existed since beginningless time. Um, and, it, and we need to look at them in the same way that we would a normal illness, all of these very types of suffering and categories uh, that are caused by origin. That's <coughs> good. So we'll take five minutes if anybody needs to use the... So, um, why don't we get started here. I just want to really quickly, uh, just because at the break I was able to get those mental factors that we were speaking of before. Uh, accompanying all the mental consciousnesses are what are called omnipresent mental factors. So that's the correct specific term for that uh, mental factor. And omnipresent meaning always there. Um, and the, the five are feeling, discrimination, intention, contact, and mental engagement. So these are those five omnipresent uh, mental factors that 
then uh, um, uh, generate some sort of ideas. So these omnipresent mental factors are feeling and discriminate, um, and then there's the intention that's there. So they kind of help uh, are present within ideas. So that was the connection uh, um, to ideas and, and, and how we discriminate. This is a color, that's red, this is blue. And our thinking uh, motivate our intention to apprehend a color, etc., etc. So these are omnipresent. These are always present in all six con types of consciousness uh, when we're apprehending what those consciousnesses apprehend. So uh, sorry for that side note. I just wanted to make sure anyone who was taking notes had the correct uh, terms for those five uh, omnipresent mental factors. So Jeff, could you list them again? I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, feeling, discrimination. Intention, <coughs> contact, and mental engagement. Thank you very much. This one. This one. This one. จิตอกวาจิมุจิจิเนกุเบเนกุเชบตารัสอานิกุเชบตาตะปะนังอสุเกนซีตันตรีบีตันอุตรินนาซะนาซะเลซูนาอันนังอสุจิบุยมารวา
So, uh, thinking of the instructor as like a doctor um, is the second uh, one. So, if we were to think about it, if we had an illness, we would quickly seek out a doctor's advice. Um, likewise, once we recognize that we have uh, the truth of suffering, the Buddha stated that this is the, su the superior truth of suffering, this is the superior truth of origin. So once we recognize that there is this truth of suffering, that there are the eight types of suffering, the six types of suffering, and the three types of suffering, and then we recognize that there is this truth of origin, this existence of origin of suffering, of two categories, of karma that are origin, that is origin, and the afflictions that are origin, um, then we recognize that we need to seek out a teacher who can prescribe to us an antidote or an opponent to this origin, an opponent that produces the suffering. Because if we can abandon the origin, the karma and the afflictions that produce suffering, then we'll be able to um, get rid of um, uh, um, the, the actions which these afflictions produce, uh, um, and then the suffering that the afflictions and the actions produce. So we'll be able to abandon that truth of suffering by abandoning that origin. And the way that we do so is by practicing what is prescribed by the Buddha here, and the instructor here referring to the Buddha. The Buddha teaches that the, by relying upon the three highest higher trainings, the highest higher training in ethics, concentration, and wisdom, one is able to abandon the suffering and the origin of suffering and achieve a state of cessation. So it's for this reason that we look at the instructor here being the Buddha as a doctor because we would rush uh, to and find a teacher, to find a, an instructor uh, once we truly realize that we have these various uh, types of sufferings um, and negativities. And here it says, for example, when you're stricken by severe illness such as wind or bile disorder, you seek a skilled doctor. Upon consulting your doctor, you are great, greatly delighted and listen to whatever your doctor says, revering him or her respectfully. Uh, so there's not a sense of pride or that you know more than he or she does. There's this sense of reverence because the doctor is able to uh, heal you or to uh, um, diagnose and prescribe to you that which will heal your ailment. Um, so likewise, 
uh, seek in this way a teacher who imparts the teachings, who teaches the truth, who teaches the, the teachings. Once you have found your teacher, venerate your teacher with respect and do what he or she says. While doing this, consider it a privilege, not a burden. And then there's a, a verse of the perfection of wisdom in the 8,000 lines, a quote from that. So um, basically, one should recognize his or her uh, instructor at, like a doctor who is able to prescribe a uh, practice that can get rid of uh, various um, um, unwanted sufferings. Um, so I, th I think that's... Uh, oh, it is one. It's one. It's one. It's one. It's Shanchu Semba twenty-four. Okay, okay. okay. Najetunas, <laughs> So then it says, For as the verse summary of the perfection of wisdom in 8,000 lines says, Therefore, wise, wise bodhisattvas who have a strong thought to seek sublime enlightenment. So those uh, here, Rinpoche is saying, and it's referring to bodhisattvas or those who truly have that wish to achieve sublime, uh, complete Buddhahood, vanquish pride decisively. Because, and that's similar to a quote from the Aryadeva's 400 verses that states that the, the pride is the great destroyer of, of all knowledge or wisdom. It says, just as the sick rely on doctors in order to cure their illnesses, uh, so should you rely on a, a teacher um, applying yourself enthusiastically. Um, and it's necessary um, uh, to take uh, the medicine that um, has been prescribed by the, the, the Buddha and this, the, the doctor in order to be free of one's illness. Likewise, one has to engage in the practices that have been prescribed by or instructed by the Buddha in order to get rid of the truth of suffering, in order to get rid of the truth of origin. Because the, the, the superior truth of path is that which is an opponent or an antidote to the truth of suffering and the truth of origin. So we need to um, listen 
um, uh, to the teachings first, uh, and, and, and then get, gain the knowledge attained through hearing, or the wisdom through hearing, um, and then contemplate those teachings, or analyze, or think about those teachings, and then meditate upon them. Or uh, um, so those three ways of, of of gaining realization through hearing, um, um, analyzing, and meditating, uh, and this is how we should um, 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 go about um, apprehending the teachings or understanding the teachings in those three ways. So we have to rely upon our te a, a teacher because the teacher is the one who can give us that practice, who can teach us the antidote to our ill illness, and here illness referring to our sufferings. The, uh, the Lamasun. Then the, if we look at the various antidotes that the Buddha, pres Tuchana, Buddha prescribed, uh, the antidote to um, um, attachment is meditation upon impurity or ugliness. Uh, med uh, if we look at the antidote to hatred, uh, it is meditation upon love. The antidote to um, delusion or ignorance is meditation upon dependent origination. The antidote to pride is meditation upon impermanence. And the, med and the antidote to conceptuality or a busy mind is uh, meditation upon the breath. So if we have the mistaken view that grasps at a rope in a dark room is a snake and then have the uh, emotions that occur by believing this mistaken view, such as fear, that the snake's going to bite us, etc., etc. The only thing that can serve as an opponent or an antidote to this mistaken view is the non-mistaken view that the rope is a rope and it is not a snake. Likewise, the opponent to the mistaken views are the non-mistaken views uh, um, that uh, allow us to eradicate what the mistaken views produce. In the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge, we find many negations. Negation, there is no I, no ear, no nose, etc. These negations are not negating the existence of these objects that are being stated or of these subjects. The negation is of their mode of subsistence. The negation is that of their tr uh, true establishment. So the Buddha is stating that these I, the eye, the ear, the nose, etc. are not truly established. It is the belief or the grasping and the true establishment of objects that serves as the um, uh, um, uh, origin that creates the suffering. So the opposite of the recognition of the lack of true establishment of objects serves as the antidote to and the opponent to uh, origin and suffering. So by re recognizing the non-mistaken mode of subsistence of subjects uh, or objects, uh, one can get rid of what the mistaken view produces. That's 
So the third is to think of the instructor's uh, explications as medicine. Just as a sick person has high regard for medicine prescribed by a doctor, so too you should view the instructions and explications that the instructor gives as very important, taking great pains to hold them in high esteem and not squandering them by lapses such as forgetting them. So one should listen, uh, listen very well to the teachings, um, and then one should analyze them and, and hold on to these uh, um, explanations that have been given. Because just as a sick person going to the doctor would revere uh, the medicine that was being prescribed, would hold it in the highest honor and be so glad to receive the medication or the medicine that the doctor has prescribed. Likewise, uh, we are receiving a, a prescription that serves as an antidote to or an opponent to the truth of suffering and the truth of origin. So we should hold this medicine here, and the medicine uh, we're referring to are the teachings, in high regard in the same way we would a, a conventional medication that was given to, to cure some sort of illness. So we need to see ourselves as an ill person that um, uh, um, uh, needs to take this medicine in order to be freed from our illness. And here, illness refers to truth of suffering and origin. What does one mean? So, this is what it means, no? Fourth, no? <laughs> So it's necessary. The fourth is to think of earnest practice as the way to cure your disease. So we have to be careful and we have to engage in these practices uh, that are being taught to us in, in order to cure the disease. It says here, sick persons know that their illness cannot be cured without taking the medicine prescribed by the doctor. So it's uh, necessary to take the medicine prescribed by the doctor because it benefits the person by uh, uh, 
uh, getting rid of the disease. It's beneficial for the, Rinpoche said beneficial for the disease, but the meaning is beneficial for the person who has a disease. Um, so it, it, it gets, helps to get rid of it. It says they then take the, med, um, they then take the, the medicine. Likewise, earnestly engage in practice after you have seen that you cannot vanquish your afflictions as, in, uh, as attachment without putting into, uh, such as attachment, without putting into practice the instructions given by the instructor. Do not, do not devote yourself just to piling up words in great numbers without engaging um, in practice. So uh, if we go to, first go to a doctor, then we get a diagnosis, and then we're given a prescription, when we leave, it's necessary for us to take the medicine that's being prescribed to us. Um, this, this is how we will be benefited. Um, so it's necessary for us to engage in the practices um, or that are given to us that are like medicine in order to kill the various illnesses that we, or in order to eradicate or get rid of the various illnesses that we have. And here, illness again is referring to the illness of attachment, the illness of hatred or aversion, or, or the illness of the different types of suffering, the eight, the six, and the three. So we have to be careful to follow um, the instructions that are given in practice because that is like taking the medicine that the doctor is prescribing. So it doesn't matter if you pile up words in great numbers uh, or, you know, have this vast amount of, of words or understanding. If one doesn't, uh, not understanding, just the words themselves or uh, just attending and hearing words, if one doesn't put the practice in, uh, doesn't put those words into practice, then it can't be uh, beneficial uh, whatsoever. So it says, uh, do not devote yourself just to piling up words in great word um, numbers without engaging in practice. We have to practice in order to uh, be benefited by these teachings. And now we'll find an example on page 60 in English. Uh, Moreover, one or two doses of a medicine will not do anything at all for lepers who have just lost their hands and feet. Similarly, to put the meaning of the instructions into practice just once or twice is insufficient for us who from beginningless time have been stricken with the virulent illness of excuse me, the afflictions. Therefore, analyze with discerning wisdom the entirety of every aspect of the path and make effort that is like a river's current. And then there's a um, quote from Senda Goleman on the praise of confession. Um, so here, if uh, one has a very um, uh, 
severe illness, and in here the case, the example is given of leprosy. Um, in Tibet, they call it Lo Natsa, the uh, Naga disease, or Tse Natsa, but it's leprosy. Um, and this is a very strong disease. You can't just take one or two doses of medicine to cure it. It's necessary to take medicine over and over and over again in large quantities um, in order to get rid of uh, an, a, a, a strong or a large illness such as leprosy. Likewise, our afflictions, our attachment, our aversion, ignorance, our uh, type, all of our sufferings of uh, 8, 6, and 3 have been with us since beginningless time. So this is a very uh, um, powerful uh, um, 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 illness that we have. So it's necessary for us to engage again and again and again in practice, in, in practicing what? Practicing the instructions in order to uh, diminish uh, the, these uh, uh, negativities within us that have existed for this amount of time. Uh, so it's not something that we can just do once or twice. We have to practice over and over and over again in order to eventually eradicate these things. So we have to first listen very well to these instructions and then engage in analysis using correct signs and reasoning uh, and analyze or contemplate the, the meaning of what we have listened to. And by doing this, by analyzing completely, uh, then we're leaving very stable imprints within our mental continuum or within our mind that will be able to, uh, um, um, uh, in our future lives, uh, produce uh, positive results that are concordant with those imprints. So uh, we, we need to do this uh, in, a, in a very, um, uh, it says here, like a river's current. We need to do this uh, over and over again and follow these practices so we leave, leave these uh, stable imprints uh, so listening and then analyzing, analyzing this, the correct signs for uh, things are impermanent because they are momentary, etc. So we would be able to, uh, by doing it in this um, um, very thorough fashion, have a very thorough, stable imprints. <laughs> So we find the example of the pigeon who uh, listened to uh, Basu Bandhu while he was reciting various baskets of, of the um, uh, Buddhist canon, the three, three baskets. So there was a pigeon who listened, and in his future life, Lodru Kungitsengare, Lodru the pigeon in his future life became known as uh, Lopun Lodru Demba and became even a greater scholar of the um, Abhidharma than Basu Bandhu himself because of the imprints uh, he accumulated through listening 
as a pigeon to these baskets. We aren't like pigeons. We can actually understand the meaning of what's being said. <laughs> so Srimache is saying we're better than, you know, we're... So now we have a quote from Chendagroman. He's a great scholar of Nalanda. He was a lay person, not a monk. Great scholar. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I see. So uh, there's a story of Chandra Groman who uh, they were going to do a, um, a great, um, what's it called? A, it's a line uh, of uh, a ceremony where the line of monks with uh, uh, banners and symbols and horns, uh, basically a procession to Chandra Groman. And Chandra Groman said, I'm not comfortable with this because I'm a lay person, you're the ordained. Um, but the only way I would be comfortable with this is if I had a statue of Manjushri uh, um, beside me that you could uh, pay this honor to, and then this would be appropriate. So Chandra Groman, there's a story of Chandra Groman um, making, putting the statue of Manjushri by him uh, so that he, the, he would feel comfortable with the, um, being uh, honored by the ordained. Okay, so the, so the great Nalanda scholars then asked Chandra Groman when he arrived um, uh, what he was a scholar in. So that uh, he said he was a scholar of the, uh, I think it's spoken word, Jambet Senchu, the spoken words of Manjushri, or uh, I, I'm sorry, Jambet Senchu is the name of it in Tibetan, and it's a tantric, the Ngai Becha, tantric text. It's a, uh, a tantric, a tantric text um, uh, by uh, called Jambet Senchu. I think it's, anyway, it's a tantric text. So he said, oh, he's a, a great scholar of this Jambet um, Senchu. Um, so, the It's very difficult, the text, the Jambet Senchu. The tantric explanations within it are, are very difficult. Kala chakra, you uh, do Kala chakra, you find within there. Uh, it's a great, a vast meaning we find within this uh, text. I don't think it's called the spoken. Anyway, that's a Jambet sent you. So then the uh, um, Nalanda scholars uh, wanted to hear this. 
So, um, there is the story of uh, Chandra Groman and uh, Chandra Kirti uh, engaging in a great debate at Nalanda Monastery. And uh, Chandra Groman was uh, actually a holder of the Middle Way Autonomy School, school view. Um, and um, Chandra Kirti was a holder of the Middle Way Consequence view. And the Middle Way Consequence view being of a higher view uh, than the Middle Way Autonomy view. So, uh, they were engaging in these <coughs> debates, and every single day, uh, the debate would be over, the next morning would come, and Chandra Groman would be able to respond to any of uh, Chandra Kirti's questions um, and, uh, with ease and without any problem. And this kept happening, and this debate was going on and on, and Chandra Groman would arrive the next morning with all the answers to the questions. Um, so one, time, uh, one night, um, uh, Chandra Kirti snuck over to Chandra Groman's uh, meditation hut and saw that was receiving instructions from Chen Rezig's statue. Um, and uh, it was, Chen Rezig was actually helping him and giving him all these answers. So then Chandrakirti went into the room and approached Chen Rezig and said, please, can you help me with this? Uh, you're helping Chandragroman. Uh, you are Chen Rezig. Can you teach me uh, um, also and help me with this debate that we're engaging in? And uh, Chen Rezig responded that, no, I can't, because uh, Chandra Groman holds me, as his wisdom holds me as his wisdom deity, and you do not. So therefore, because of Chandra Groman's faith in me and reliance upon me for wisdom, I am his teacher, and you, you, <coughs> you don't rely upon me as a wisdom deity, so we don't have that connection so that I could teach you. So we have these uh, attachment and hatred and delusion that, that is beginningless. Uh, so it's not something that can be uh, uh, eradicated uh, very, very quickly. Um, so then we have a quote from uh, Chender Kroman here uh, that, that uh, Backs that up or that shows that. So we're going to end here. Slowly, we will go over uh, this in the future. And uh, so now, uh, I wish I could find the Jambate Sanjit, but I can't. Um, so now let's just go to the concluding prayers, Mandal offering and dedication prayer. 
Names. Talking, so it's the spoken names of Manjushri Tantra. A concert of names of Manjushri? It could be, but it's not really a concert. I guess concert could be spoken, so that could be it too, for sure. But it's uh, Manjushri uh, um, names and then talking. So, however, we want to translate that. I think. So, the concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure land. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa. <coughs> I send forth this mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness, all powerful Avatajmara, Tenzin Yatso. May you stay until samsara is end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensu Wanda, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, a spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts with exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Choose you and choose who shall be done with you.